Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. I am super excited to chat with this week's guest. She's a tech and funnel strategist, Shamira Aslan. And I hope I said that right, because I just totally double double guessed myself. Yes, you got it, Nicole. Thank you. Yay, so much. awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm so excited and like I might have to actually pick your brain because I work with a client who does a bunch of funnels and I'm just trying to like figure out why some things aren't working, but we'll get to that later. But um <laughs> you got your champagne and everything. Yes, I am about, uh two sips in right now. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> How is it? Do you like it? It's good. It's good. I can't pronounce it. It's like gruettes. Yeah. Um, it's good. It feels fancy and I actually really like it. It's a nice yeah. Friday afternoon drink. Highly Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you're right. I don't know how to pronounce it either. I think it's French. I'm actually, I know it's French, so I don't know how that actually, like, it's like a silent T, but we like stumbled upon, I'm sorry, listeners. I know I've said this story before, but this, I love sending the champagne because it's one of my favorites, but it only said like, it'll only ship to certain States. Um, but it's in like Albuquerque. And one time we were driving from Oregon down to Louisiana and we stayed at a hotel. My husband was like, dude, there's like a winery right next door. I'm like, really? Like you couldn't even tell it was. And we went there and it was that winery. And like, we just fell in love with their champagne. I love that. Oh my gosh. What a story. I love it. Yeah. Super fun. Okay. Let's dive in. You know, I cannot wait to hear about your background. Like how long have you been a business owner? Like who do you help? You know, like, you know, how did you get it? How'd you get started? <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like like most, at least most people I meet when they, when they tell me how they got started, I almost like stumbled upon it, it was a happy accident. I would say Yeah, <laughs> um, I got started about four and a half years ago. Um, when I was pregnant actually with my daughter, um, like most things in life, like unexpected and not part of the plan. Right. Um, I had wanted to go, um, I was working, with a beer festival at a time. And that was going to be my thing, like beer and marketing for, for breweries. And yes. um, obviously fast forward now I'm like, Oh wow. I'm glad I'm going to events. Um, that is hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hard thing to be doing right now. But um, so I got started about four and a half years ago. Uh, when I got started, I was doing a lot of virtual assistant work. Um, like a lot of people like in my field now, that's kind of how they got their footing, um, how they became, how they got to network with some business owners. Um, and then from there, it's really evolved. I would say that I made the shift about two years ago to what I do now, which is primarily uh, tech strategy, uh, funnel work, um, the whole passive income shebang, you know, ever, evergreen webinars. Um, that's my kind of like jam. Um, most of the people I work with are, you know, women like me. I, and I tend to attract, you know, um, mom entrepreneurs, um, women who are really trying to make it work either for their family or for their own personal goals. Um, and I've just been, I've been super blessed to be able to work with a lot of different uh, women and different clients. Um, and I've been really blessed too, that 
like I've been able to evolve in what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you asked me like six years ago, was this, you know, would I have imagined this for me? I would say no, but it's so much better than what I imagined. Um, and I know Nicole, you probably agree. Like just the, like, you know, with the pandemic and I, well, oh I'm so done talking about the pandemic. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> it, it always, you know, it's, it, it's, it's around us and it's still happening. And it's, uh, it kind of made me realize how grateful I am to have set, set up what I did for my business four years ago. Right. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, dang, it was hard, but like being able to do what I do now from, from the, from the safety of my own home, um, with, with flexibility is something like I will never take for granted. Um, but I would say like, I probably started my business when I say, when I think about my why, um, I would say that when I stayed at home, my daughter, I was like, you know, I, I want to be able to do what I want to do. I had some, some experience with court, the corporate world mm-hmm. and very fast realized it was not for me. I was like, this is not like, I can't see myself working this like eight to five. Right. Like, and I hate the one about say like answering to someone. Um, and I think like, I know myself that I probably do have, have some authority stuff that I need to deal with still. <laughs> um, but cause that's, I think with most like type A people, um, but I think like when I had the experience in corporate, I was like, okay, like I want to be able to be creative and kind of, you know, take control of my day and my week and my year. Mm-hmm. And that's probably a big part of why I chose to keep going with what I do. Um, I think the f- that first year when my daughter was a newborn, it was it would have been so much easier to to be like, okay, I'm gonna put this business on pause. Let me work right. nights and 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 you know waitress at a restaurant while my while my fiance is at work or something like that, you know, or at home. Um, but I'm really glad I stuck with it at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I've been working on my own and from home since like 20s. 14. And so, yeah, like when the pandemic hit and everybody, I, I felt so bad because everybody, you know, like their lives were completely upside down. We homeschool our kids as well, even before that, because we like to go back and forth to Louisiana often. And yeah. like our lives didn't change all that much, you know, and I, and I just, I'm so grateful for that as well. Like, cause we were already kind of like this, you know what I mean? And, um, I just, yeah, I know a lot of my girlfriends have been like, and, and I feel bad for like the kids and the, the parents, like, you know, one day they're going to school, the next they're not, and they have no idea, you know, what's going on. So it, being able to like create, you know, a, a sustainable business from home has just been so invaluable, especially over the past year. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. And I think like, I almost felt, and I, I was talking about this, like in the clubhouse, um, at, um, probably like last week, I think. And which I'm, I'm still like, trying to figure that one out. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't even know how this works. Did I just like hang up on someone? <laughs> it, it's so, I was really skeptical. Yeah, was, me too. It took me forever to join. I was like, is this going to be like Snapchat? Like, is this going away? Uh, but I don't think it is. I had, uh, were you ever around for, for the, the telescope era? Yeah, briefly. Yeah. I mean, actually I had clients that used it, but I didn't use it. So I thought I was like, oh, this is another telescope. Like no one's going to use this. I was very surprised at how I think informative it is. Like, mm-hmm. it, and I think I go back and forth because I'm like, this is going to blow up or like Instagram slash Facebook. They are going to figure out how to do this on that platform. Right. So yeah. One of those two things like the, the way TikTok happened for Instagram with reels. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to where Clubhouse goes. Um, I personally love just... I know for me, like perfectionism is something I still struggle with. And 
with something like Clubhouse, you're able to just be yourself because there's not like a feed you have to be right. We curate. There's not this amazing topic and like amazing bios that you have to do. You kind of you're just like this is me, and if you like what I have to say, uh, follow me here. And then if you don't, then don't listen to me. Right. <laughs> yes. Like point blank, and I I think I, it's very like raw, and I really like that. Yes. What's your username? Is it just your name? Because I'm gonna follow you. Uh, my username is Hey Sham. So H E Y S H A M. Okay. Perfect. Just write it down. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> you said clubhouse. So I totally did. Um, but you were discussing clubhouse and we were talking about how being like online businesses from home, things like that. So I don't know if I totally ruined your train of thought. No, I, I, <laughs> I think we were talking the topic in the clubhouse um, chat was about like guilt mm-hmm. and like not just mom guilt, but just like a slight guilt from when that things aren't like, I would say like quote unquote as bad for, right. for like, you know, especially the women like us who kind of already had this, like we already knew what Zoom was. We didn't have to figure out like how to use Zoom and right. like Zoom fatigue. Cause like when, when the pandemic did hit like last March, I was already on Zoom like two, three hours a day. I was right. like, like, this is my everyday life. And I think like, I think we talked, we talked about like how that guilt, like that was like, because things, nothing really changed for us. Um, I know for personally, for me, and very grateful that I didn't lose any of my clients because my clients were also the type of people who, who were, you know, um, running a business on passive income and online courses and funnels. And those things are not recession proof. And I wouldn't say recession proof, but they have a better chance of surviving than someone who owns like a brick and mortar store or a restaurant yes. or something like that. Cause people are always going to need education. Mm-hmm. People are always seeking out ways, you know, the, how to the, how to start, how to start a business, how to be a better parent, how to all the education. I think that's never going to go away, no matter if we're in a pandemic or not. Yeah. Now, if anything, I think it just made it more. So, you know, people jumping, I mean, we had more time to be online. We were at home and more time for research and maybe, gosh, maybe I don't want to go to an office. What could I do, you know, to start a business and, you know, all that kind of research. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, like the good things that will come after the pandemic and like how many people would have like found the thing they want to do or, you know, realize that they, they need to go a different, different way. And it's something similar to happen in the recession of an eight, you know, people yeah. have lost their job, which is absolutely terrible, but they come off the other side and they're like, I lost my job. And then I found this thing I love to do. Right. Uh, so it's, it's almost, I think it's a very like glimmer of hope way to look at it, but I, I truly do wish that upon like a lot of people. I, I, I hope they, they're able to find that glimmer of hope, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, so you mentioned, you know, running your business, your mom, family, like how do you balance work in life? Um, you know, it can kind of be a slippery slope when you're working home by yourself. Um, so do you have any tips on like what you do to, to create that balance or try to? <laughs> this is a funny question because I think um, I am the first person to tell you that I don't think this exists. I think it's like BS. Like honestly, like I don't think. And some people who do achieve it, I'm like, great, you're a superwoman. Like, oh my god, um, I cannot achieve it. I am like, I am the woman who is like on her emails at 9 p.m. on like a Saturday night. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I can just like sneak in just a little bit. Yes, just, me like, too. Me too. And and I think like I think we tried to. And I would say the one tip I do have, and it's funny. I go keep going at the clubhouse, but I actually got this tip from someone on clubhouse two weeks ago. Um, 
she says that, you know, as moms, we're so like focused on everyone else. And that includes our clients, like includes, you know, our business and we forget about ourselves. And she said like to just like schedule in time to drink water, time to like take a break for like five, 10 minutes. And that's been a big deal for me this this past week. Mm -hmm. Um, Like telling myself like, oh, it's like 2 p.m. I've been staring at my computer screen. I've been in back-to-back Zoom calls. I need to take a break, drink some water, regroup and come back. Um, right. I would say that's probably the most valuable thing that I could do because all all the things where it's like, you know, shut yourself off for the weekend or I've tried all those things and I find them to be more stressful to me as a person. Um, and I wish I could be one of those women who are like so great at it. They, you know, it's like 5 p.m. on a Friday and they turn off their phones all weekend. I'm like, right. that is amazing. <laughs> I totally aspire to be that. <laughs> Right. And I can do it sometimes, but then most of the time I'm kind of like you or like, I'll get up early on like a Saturday. Cause like we don't really do much screen time. So my kids are like, yeah. yes, Saturday morning cartoon. So it's like, okay, I'll just squeeze in a little bit here and there. And my husband's like, why don't you just like completely let go? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I feel like I can get a little bit of work done and then I don't feel overwhelmed for like the week coming. You know what I mean? Like, yes, exactly. And, and, and I think when, when my daughter was like, probably like one, I really struggled with like, if I don't, I, this whole statement that I kind of place on myself, if I don't create work life balance, like I'm not a good mom. Like right. that was what I told myself for some reason, probably because I was seeing all these things on social media and like people say, you know, work life balance, you know, pay attention to your kids, which obviously pay attention to your kids. But <laughs> I was like, you know, me not ha- having a perfect work life balance isn't going to deter her as a human being. Right. And, that was something that I had to come to terms with uh, when, she, you know, when probably when she was like two years old, I was like, I'm not a bad mom because I enjoy like checking my emails on Sunday to make sure I'm ready for my week on Monday. Yes. Stuff like that makes me a better mom. It makes me like a better partner that if I'm not like, you know, ha- frazzled on Monday morning. Um, so I've just been, been, I just learned to just kind of like let go of this, like work, like we need work life balance. Um, at least for me, like that's what's worked for me. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm 100% with you. <laughs> totally. Um, so do you have any like apps or automation or tools or platforms that you just absolutely can't live without in your business? Yes, I would say it's a good question. So I would say when I first got started my business, a lot of my lead generation came from Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, and not even just like responding to, to, you know, people like leads, but really connecting with people on on Facebook. So, and one of the things I found is like having your notes app ready for like any type of conversation. Um, Cause I'm probably on my phone or, or in groups or on Instagram or in some sort of social media setting where I need to grab like a link for like a quick call or I, or I already have a typed up response. If someone's like, Hey, I'm looking into Kajabi. Should I go with Kajabi or Kartra? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause a lot of my business is really like, you know, people coming to me and like, Hey, I need help with my Kajabi, but I'm not sure if it's the right fit for me. And writing out a custom response each time <laughs> can get very taxing. Yes. Um, I started doing this probably a year ago where I would be like, list, like, I'm like, I took a step back. I was like, I'm, I'm spending 20 minutes writing a response to someone. I'm like, that can't happen. So now I have a lot of like, just my general thoughts about things like on like a notes app. And that's really helped my business thrive. And I think depending on what type of business um, someone's in, you can adapt that sort of 
think through your lead generation process, you know, like what's a set of questions you ask someone before on, on, on the Instagram DMs before mm-hmm. you send them a call link, you know, as right. you both, as me and me, you know, probably like not every person who DMs you on Instagram is a good lead. Right. Um, you know, like sometimes they're really like, I've gotten like that, those Facebook DM, uh, Facebook messages, at, like 10 PM at night. And at that point, I'm like, I know we're not a good fit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, You're end- writing me right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's end it here. Um, yeah, I would say like, and other apps I like, like I'm a huge Kajabi. Um, I'm a huge Kajabi person. That's typically what I recommend for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always wary of recommending like programs and apps. And here's why it's think like when people get started in their business, they really feel, feel like they need to have like all the things and mm-hmm. all so shiny and new. And it's like, Ooh, I need like all these subscriptions, all these things. So I'm always so wary of, of recommending like actual programs to people because they, you know, if you're not making enough money in your business to, you know, to have something as robust as Kajabi, maybe now right. isn't the time for it. And like, as a strategist, like I see that a lot, like I'll go into someone's systems and they're, they're paying for lead pages and Kajabi. And I'm like, why are you paying for both these things? Like they, you know, this makes no sense. So it's, it's like a part of what I do is really like tech slimming. Mm, I Um, love that. And it's like, and I think the shiny object syndrome really gets people like that's so many, especially like with the programs and like courses and it's like, Oh, I need this new Pinterest course or I need like. I need to upgrade my later account. And I'm like, you probably don't need to upgrade your later account unless you're like, you know, posting five times a week, which right. people aren't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's always been, it's, it's interesting going to someone's like systems and seeing what they have. Um, and I, I, I tell people, like, I really recommend before you sign up for a new a subscription automation, like a new app to really like do take a step back and look at what you're already using. Mm-hmm. is that going to be useful are you just adding one one more thing on your plate like what's really the the positive for your business there yeah oh I love that it's so true too and it's like is it you know is your audience like going to benefit from this like are they you know going are you spending time where they are like are you using something that they would want to resonate with like and I, I feel like too like when you're start starting out like you know some of these email providers which are great you know constant contact flow desk like 50 bucks a month, you, there are free options that you can, you know, they don't have all the bells and whistles, but you can still use them effectively until you, like you said, you build up your business and it makes sense for you to start spending more money. Exactly. I love it. We're going to have to talk about Kajabi. One of my clients, um, she, we recently moved her over to Kajabi and I'm not like super, super familiar with it. Um, I mean, I know enough to get around, but I don't know. We're going to have to talk funnels and Kajabi off of this <laughs> because I'm trying to, like what I was saying, I'm trying to like dive in and find out what's going on. So yeah. <laughs> I might need some other eyes, some expert eyes. <laughs> um, so what's your, this is my favorite question. Um, what's your most effective or favorite way to market your business? That's a great question. Um, that is a really good question. I would say my uh, most effective way, I think because of what I do is to really help without the pitch yeah really be able to offer value without the pitch um with my competitors like I was hate the word competitor because I'm not like I do competing with someone but the people in my space like some people are just they're really techy and they're really great at what they do and they are they know funnels at the back of their hand but what where they go wrong is they 
they're just like, oh, I know how to do this thing for you. Let me do it. But then that's where the conversation ends. You know, they don't learn more about their client's business. They're like, oh, I know how to connect the zap. Let me just do that. And then I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my most favorite way is really making the connection with the client and be able to snowball that into other projects. Um, mm-hmm. Taking like, so I'm, I'm a Thrivecart and Kajabi partner. So one of my funnels I have is, um, it's it's based on the affil- their affiliate marketing. So I'm an affiliate for Kajabi and Thrivecart. And when someone uses my Kajabi or Thrivecart link, they get a 30 minute systems call with me like on the house. Um, from that, for basically what happens is that the income I get from Kajabi or Thrivecart pays for that, that systems call. And then I'm able to help them in, like, in a really valuable way and be able to show them my my value there and not have to pitch to them in the end of the call. And the rate that they, that they come back to me in a month, two months, three months is probably, I would say probably like seven out of 10 people that get on, on some sort of systems call with me. So, oh, it, and it's not even like, I'm like, Hey, you know, if you need want to work with me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying not to do that because I think that is the most straightforward way to, uh, to market your business, but being able to give them value in the beginning. And then almost that's, that's a proof, you know, like, Hey, I know what I'm talking about. Right. Um, Cause in this, you know, I'm also competing with people who are, and as, as like the, as a, our, the younger workforce comes in, they're mm-hmm. going to be, they're going to know how systems work. They're going to like, they're so techie. Like my daughter, she's four and she talks to Alexa. Like she's, I know. Oh God, my kids too. And I'm just like, sometimes like my daughter's 10 and I'm like, Hey, and I'm pretty, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty techie. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> she yeah. like grab my phone and I'm like, what? <laughs> absolutely crazy and she she just was like hey Alexa play Paw Patrol and I was like what is going on like it, and it made me realize in a couple of years I might be competing with people who you know have right. who know this by um, like like clockwork amazing but right. and it, what can can set you apart is making that connection making that like really like showing value before you pitch I think that's probably the most effective way I've marketed my business Yes. I love that. I mean, that's like the crux of marketing, like relationship building. That's what it is. It's not like an overnight crazy success, which people sometimes see, you know, like Bob down the street, you know, whatever, but you don't know what he was really doing behind the scenes. Like it is like, that's, what's going to get you places is like the relationships and being genuine and building those relationships, you know, and then they refer you out and it's longer and it's, I don't know. And they convert better, but it's just such a great way. I mean, that was like, the foundation of marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sales really. I mean, because, you know, they kind of go hand in hand, but um, it's funny too. What a, a guy I work with, uh, one of our coaches, he is a, our sales coach um, and he's putting on this w- uh, workshop next week and it's called, <laughs> do you pitch slap? <laughs> that is funny. I I love that. And it's all about like what you're talking about. Like, you know, you get, you accept a connection on LinkedIn. And it's like, all of a sudden, like, Hey, these are my services, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't even want to check my messages now. Like there's nothing genuine about what you're doing. You know, like, I don't know. I'm just like, and I, I really want to, and I, I know what you're talking about. I really want to ask the people who are sending these messages, like, has, has that ever worked for you? Right. Like, <laughs> I'm like, is it working? Cause if I'm like, is it one out of 10? Like what, like what's working here? Because they keep doing it. And right. It's crazy. And I, I think it's, it comes down to like what they're being taught. Like, cause I have connected with, um, with entrepreneurs back when, you know, when we were able to meet in person and go to conferences and all that fun stuff. 
Um, and a lot of them are like, you know, sometimes their marketing coach may have taught them that's how you market. And, yes. and all the MLMs. World, yeah. With, and, and in our world, that's the Instagram DMs. You yes. Know? Like hopping in the DMs and be like, hey, I have like XYZ. And you're like, and I'm like, I have, I've never seen you before. Like you liked my page probably from someone else's page. And, 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 and I can respect the hustle. Like I can respect like the, the, the effort and really like the bravery it takes to just like hop into someone's DMs. Like, DMs right. Like that. Um, cause people are judgy. People are judgy, you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like, wow, like this person really did that. Let me like, you know, block them, unfollow them, whatever. But I think like there's just a way we have to do it that's not so like in your face. And I think pitch slap is such a great, great term for that. I think that's like a really nail on the head on that one. I know. I, know. I cracked up when he said it. I was like, oh my God, you're so right. Um, and also before we go any further, I was wondering, and this isn't on the questions or outline or whatever, but I was, I was talking to a client this morning and I kept using the word funnel and I realized she didn't quite understand what I meant. So, and I was like if any of our listeners are listening and they don't quite know what a funnel is. So could you explain what a funnel is and like how, you know, like the benefits of it and, you know, not like it doesn't have to be anything crazy long, but just in case people aren't quite familiar. Yeah. I think that's a great question. Cause that's a question that I get a lot. Um, first let's, let's kind of debunk some myths about funnels. So funnels is not this like secret word that only people on like click funnels know about and it's like super complicated um i think people think it is because it sounds so like businessy and fancy mm-hmm. but it's really not it's really like just a marketing term for to describe a c- customer's journey and the potential that they have to purchase something from you and i think we get we get caught up on like you know otos which is one-time offers like waitlist funnels and sign up funnels and like webinar funnels when all it can really be is like, how do you get a person from like A to B from like the point they meet you at, which can be a sales page, can be a waitlist page to purchasing from you. Mm-hmm. Like how complex is that funnel? And I think people get caught up on like, oh, my funnel has to be so complex and it has to have, you know, a whole automation with 10 emails. And mm-hmm. it has to have like a lead return funnel, which is something that like after they're done with the main funnel, they get put into the second funnel sales sequence. So I think I, people get caught up on that. And the best thing I can tell people is that to really just like take a step back and just focus on your business. I think we like as entrepreneurs, we get bombarded with like ads for, you know, like so-and-so's insert amazing entrepreneurs here, like book funnel or something like that, where mm-hmm. I've seen it where you're like, you pay for shipping and they send you a book. Um, something like that, or, or it's like a $27 product. And then they get, they get a funnel for a $47 product. Um, and you think just focusing on what you currently have is like super important. Um, no matter what stage you are in business, if you're just starting out, you just need to look into your like automation for your discovery calls. That's all you have to focus on right now. It's after discovery call, are you putting them into some sort of email funnel or does it end there? Like what happens after that point? Um, I went on like kind of like a rant there, but it's a, a very interesting topic because I do. It's something that I see, you know, see online a lot. Is like, hey, I just started my business like two months ago, and I keep hearing the word funnel. Like, what the heck is that? Right. Yeah, and I love that you you broke it down so simply because yeah, you're totally right. I feel like people get intimidated or they overthink it or think they need you know a million emails and like Infusionsoft and you know it's like whoa whoa. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And and here's the thing. And 
not t- talking bad by the way anyone else does business, but yeah. um, the what tech strategists and funnel strategists, like how they make some of their money is by confusing it. Um, and right. this is true for like at like people who run Facebook ads that like, like they really think if I use enough like acronyms and things my client doesn't know about, he's going to keep hiring me. Um, I'm a very, and I do, I do not like that way of business just because I think a client shouldn't be aware of everything going on in their business. Like, I no agree. Point, at no point should you not know what your funnel strategist person is doing. Should yes. you not know what your ad, your, your ad person is doing. Like you need to learn the lingo. So you are, so you know what's going on in your business. And I think the same thing with sales funnels, you know, like, and it doesn't mean you have to be like a funnel. You have to become your funnel strategist, but knowing and be, and asking your person to be like, Hey, I know you're the person to do this. And you're like, this is what you do, but I want to know what's going on in my business. Yes, I totally agree. I oh man, I coach a lot of different business owners and I cannot tell you how many times I I'm like, okay, so you know, who's running your ads? Like what are the results? What's going on? What are you spending? I don't know. And yeah. it's like, okay, um, <laughs> how do we get into the back end of your website so we can check and make sure your SEO is on point? I don't know. I don't know how to get into it. I'm like, do you get reports? No. I'm like, what? And I think and I feel bad because I, they don't I think they're intimidated to ask the questions. Yeah. And so it just kind of keeps going, but they're putting money into efforts that are not getting any return, you know, and, and it's across the board, you know, whether it's Facebook ads or Google ads, or just understanding what they're doing and why they're doing it, you know? Exactly. And I think we're like business owners, especially online, we're, we're even more afraid to be vulnerable and to get taken advantage of. And yeah. I think that's so true with a lot of what I've seen online. We know, and we've all heard the horror stories. Like I hired a website designer and I got, it took a year for my website to be done. And I don't even know how to access it. And we've all heard these awful stories. I think that's why I think it's almost like if we show them we're vulnerable and if we're like, oh, like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's almost like, I think they feel like they're going to get taken advantage of. And yeah. I really want to implore like business owners, like to not like to, to really take ownership of who you hire too. Yes. And I know it's going down a whole hiring hole, but like a, like a whole hiring conversation, but taking ownership of like who you hire and like really understanding what you're hiring them for is so important. Yes. And that's going to, you know, produce the best results, you know, and it's going to grow your business. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you 100%. So yeah, speaking of business growth, um, how do you help your business grow? You know, like how do you get out of your comfort zone? And do you have any tips for the listeners on like, and business owners on how they can get out of their comfort zone to help their business grow? Yeah. I think if you're listening and you are like someone who struggles with consistency, which is something that I struggle with, that's, you know, how like I I'm focusing my time this year, I think creating opportunities that you have to be consistent with is what's important. Um, and I, going back to this conversation about clubhouse, I think that's what I do like about clubhouse is that like, I'm making those, like those rooms and I'm making like plans with other entrepreneurs. I'm like, yes, I will be on clubhouse at 2 PM Eastern tomorrow talking about X, Y, Z. And I think that making consistent effort and like just being really almost strict with yourself to a fault, really like being like, I have to do this. I think that's, that's how I'm going to be growing my business this year. Is like, I have these goals I want to reach and 
I'm, I can't reach them unless I'm consistent and true to myself. Um, and I think like for an example, it's my goal for last year, the goal I made in January, um, I was like, I'm going to go to more networking events. I'm going to go to conferences. And that's how I'm going to like, you know, really like get out of my comfort zone. And I'm going to like do more public speaking and all this stuff. And then March happened, pandemic happened, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I was like, okay, that kind of sucks, but that's not, that should not be my deterrent. I think it it definitely took me a couple of months. I was kind of like, oh, well, my goal is kind of down the drain now. Um, but it doesn't have to be, you know, like, I think we like when we set goals and set, you know, resolutions and all that fun stuff, I think we limit ourselves and we let anything that happens affect us negatively. Um, and that's what I did. I was like, oh, well, I can go to conferences. So you know, that's it for my goals for the year. Uh, <laughs> when it's not like it's, I just have to pivot. You know, I think that's so important. It's like pivoting. It's like really like, and that's my word for this year. Actually, funny enough, is pivot. Um, and it should have been my word last year, but <laughs> so it's like pivoting. Like, how can I pivot this year to really like serve my myself and my business and and my clients? Um, so, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I uh, being consistent and accountable is like such, um, it's, it's like so simple, but to implement it is hard, you know, like when you really decide to do that, like, and I, I know that's for me, like also kind of like with this podcast, same thing. It's like, okay, I really want to do this, but am I going to do this? And it's like, once you start inviting people on, tell, like, you yeah. have to ship them wine. It's like, okay, I guess I'm doing this, you know, like, <laughs> so it's that's a really funny experience it's basically that it's like hey I just you know talked to Laura I told Laura I was going to be here on Clubhouse or on Instagram or whatever at two like I better show up yeah. like, <laughs> that person down so um, yeah. yeah and and you know and then the opportunities and the connections you make like oh man it, it's so worth it you know but it's like had we not you know kept ourselves accountable and just be like well I'll just do it next week you, you don't know what you'd miss you know what I mean Exactly. And I think like for business owners who are, I know like I'm four years in my business now and actually I forgot who said this, but I think sometimes we hit like a plateau of like comfort. We're like, like right now, if I tomorrow decided I didn't want to go on more podcasts or go on clubhouse or whatever, I could probably be fine for the whole year mm-hmm. and it'll be fine. Like my income wouldn't change. Like I would be just going day by day. Um, I wouldn't lose any clients, but it's like, do, I, I want to be better than I am now, like always. And I think that's what we have to, that pl- that business plateau, once like things are like consistent and you have clients coming in and you have like another sh- uh, like steady stream of income, you get kind of like complacent and like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't really need to work. You know, I don't really need to chase anything. I don't really need to hustle anymore. And I hate the word hustle, but I think that sometimes a, a, a word to describe this, like the, the plateau, it's like, Sometimes you need that hustle. Sometimes you need to keep going um, because it's really easy to just like, just keep doing the same thing because you're going to get the same results. Yes. I love that. And I think that is kind of like the deep down spirit of the entrepreneur. Like there's always the next thing. There's always the next goal. You know what I mean? And I think that's what kind of like makes us a little different than most people. (laughs) Not that I'm saying like people in corporate jobs don't like strive for things, but I don't know. I just feel like all entrepreneurs I've talked to like, there's just this kind of like burning passion to like innovate or, you know, like I said, new goals, like, (laughs) and and my my fiance described this perfectly because we we're pretty like different in this aspect of our lives. I am like constantly looking for like 
how can I do something better? How can yeah. I keep going? And he's like, dang, don't you get tired? <laughs> he's like, hey, like, like you work like 40, 50 hours a week. Aren't you tired? Like, this is fine. Like we're at a fine place. I'm like, I know we're at a great place. I'm so grateful for that. But like, that's a part of the entrepreneur side. Part of me that's never going to rest almost. Right. It's always, it's like a, it's, it's a great feeling, but also one that makes me jittery. I'm always kind of like, you know, what's, what's coming around the corner, what's happening. Like, and I think that that is what sets us apart. And, you know, obviously no, no shame for being on the other side of that, you know, yeah, totally with what you have or being comfortable with where you are. Um, but I think entrepreneurs, like, we're, I would say, not like a different breed, but I think we just like really like have really big goals. Like mm-hmm. we, our heads are always in the sky. Like I'm yeah. always just like thinking about just like new things we can, we can build or businesses we can, we can run or all these things. I, and I think that makes it really, really great. I'm really like blessed to have this trait in me. Mm-hmm. Um, it really made me who I am now. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I totally agree. 100%. Okay, so we're on your favorites. Um, what's your favorite book? So I would say my favorite book is probably Crushing It by Gary Vee. Um, and Gary Vee's a I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee. Me too. Um, I love it. Ironically, like I have followed him for years. I like won one of his contests a few years ago. I have never read one of his books. I need uh, to. <laughs> it's great. No, Crushing It is a great book. And and I think like it's one of those books that you would think would be kind of like dated. Because mm-hmm. it's really based on like social media, like how people can build their influence. But I think what he says in there is so important to like entrepreneurs who really need to create like a personal brand before they're able to, before they're able to really like hone in and they're like what they're good at. And I think personal branding is like, like who are you? And it's not just like the pretty stuff, but like the logos and the websites. And obviously those things are so important and so great, but it's really about like who you are, like what your mission is like who you are as a person, why people should listen to you and why people should follow you and like why and how you can influence their lives. Yeah. And I think that's what people miss about, I don't know how they, what they miss about Gary Vee, but I think some people make assumptions on who he is as a, you know, an entrepreneur because he's he's definitely on the like, on the more like aggressive side. I yeah. don't want to say aggressive is like a bad word, but he's definitely like, oh, like if you're not working, like you're a fit, you know, he's kind of like that kind of tune. Um, which I don't agree with the aggressive, but I think it's for me, it's inspirational. Like for me, I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. You know, like this is what, what it's about. And so I personally love that book. Um, I have like two copies at home and they're both missing because I, every time someone comes to my house well, before COVID and they're like, oh, I kind of want to, you know, look into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. That's the book I recommend them because I'm like, this is the book you need to read to really understand like what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means to have a personal brand. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to get it. Um, cause we have like a fun little book club too. So that's going to be on the lineup this year. Um, what I do love about him too, though, is he, he is empathetic and he does care about people. And I think people kind of forget that about him too. Like, and he talks about the long game, you know, like, have you ever watched any of his videos from like yeah. wine library? I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and his interviews where he's like, you know, on the stage and some like high schooler comes in and, or some like 20 year old and he's, and they're like, Oh, I feel like I'm a failure because I didn't have X, Y, Z by the time I'm 25. And I think I, that's what I do love about him. That he's like, listen, like, you know, like I didn't, I was a failure in my thirties or I, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're all, and I'm in my late twenties. And I think a lot of people in their twenties are really caught up in like, Oh, if I'm not successful by the time I'm like 27, I have failed. I have failed the rest of my life. 
And I love his, all his videos are about like, just because you think you fail at 27 does not mean you failed. Like you can hit your goals when you're 40, when you're 50, whatever. Um, So I really like him for like that aspect. And any young entrepreneur I meet, I'm like, you need to listen to Gary Vee. You need to just like follow him on Instagram, listen to his funny reels, whatever. Like just get him like in your, like in your subconscious. Yeah. (laughs) I love, uh, I never downloaded it, but he had like an alarm clock thing like a year ago. And it's like, you could get this app and it would be like Gary Vee waking you up in the morning. That is so funny. <laughs> I know. Like I never did get it. I should see if it's still around because that would be awesome. <laughs> um, what's your favorite drink? My favorite drink, I would say probably vodka crayons. <laughs> <laughs> I am a true vodka girl. Um, just from college, my college years. But yeah, vodka <laughs> all the way. That's awesome. I, it gives me heartburn, but ugh, I don't know. I can't handle liquor. A wine and beer, I love, but liquor just. Really? I'm, yeah. I'm so, so beer actually recently has started giving me like heartburn. <laughs> I think it's part of like getting older. I'm like, dang, when did beer give me heartburn? Right. And it's funny, like going back to like the idea that I was going to work in like the beer industry and now it gives me heartburn. So, right. I know <laughs> that would have been fun though, but I'm, I'm glad you didn't go into events. Cause yeah, that would be so hard, but like, I don't know, the beer industry is fun and those festivals and everything. My husband and I had a brewery for a few years um and just yeah it was super fun and just you know going to the different festivals and pouring and just the people that you know you don't usually find I mean unless they're like super drunk usually people are pretty happy like they're not like jerks or anything but um yes it's a fun industry um what's your favorite thing to do to relax oh gosh um if you do I'm just kidding I'm gonna be super basic and I'm gonna say watching Grey's Anatomy uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I like, love that show <laughs> like I'm gonna go there like I am that woman like I am like listen I need to relax for like two hours but on Grey's Anatomy I'm probably gonna play a game on my phone and or watch TikTok yeah that's my perfect combination and then I either have a glass of wine or vodka crayon in my hand um sounds amazing yeah. <laughs> I mean that's perfect you know you get your brain to shut off and just relax yeah oh and and it's so hard because I know like all like the statistic people say like watching TV is like so bad for you blah blah I'm like oh my gosh I'm using my brain like 80% of the time right ways. yeah it needs a break <laughs> totally I, although I was just gonna ask what's your favorite thing to watch but I guess we know that it's Grey's Anatomy <laughs> yes <first time. laughs> um I haven't watched it in like in years so is it still like coming out with new episodes oh yeah girl oh, like, man. Right now, like this season's all about COVID too it's oh like yeah it's dang okay it's been on forever then it's been on for 16 years I think yeah it's been a hot minute but I haven't watched a new season because it's like COVID based and I'm just like that's so close to home I'm like oh lord yeah um, I'm, I'm waiting for maybe next year to start the new season so we'll see yeah oh yeah that would be a little yeah I don't know if I could do that right now um my favorite book that I read last year I was just recommending it to someone earlier today was The Year of Yes and it was written by Shonda Rhimes the writer of Grey's Anatomy yes she's a genius yes it's such a good book she is she is something else too I do love that book I think I I think I took me a while to read it I don't know why but I finally finished after like five months of it um but it was really good. good yeah it was awesome um lastly where's your favorite place to go so I am going to say Southeast Asia. Um, so a little bit about me that I actually did not even say in this call. Um, I'm actually half Malaysian, half German. Um, oh, wow. So I actually lived in Malaysia for about, I was born there. I lived there for about 14 years. 
um, I moved to Europe for a bit and now I moved, now I'm in North Carolina. So when I go there, really like, I think all these like early childhood memories I have is like in, you know, Southeast Asia, it's like really just like, I think imprinted on me more than Mm -hmm. I would like to admit. Cause I think we forget about how much, how much of us is really comes from our early childhood years. Right. And the last time I went was, I want to say 20, 2016. Um, so it's been a, it's been a hot minute and I, I hope we get to go soon. Last time I went was, was with my fiance. Um, and being able to like take him there and like go to Southeast Asia and specifically Malaysia um, was really special. But I think this is my favorite place and I really hope we get to go soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet it's just so pretty. It is. It's it's just really like unique. And I and of course, I'm from like the one like Southeast Asian country where you can't really find like the food here. So mm-hmm. there's like one Malaysian restaurant, I think, in like North Carolina. And oh. it's like, two hours away, of course. Um, it's so good, but it's, you know, it's, it's so funny with seeing like growing up with the food and food is such a big part of like Southeast Asian culture. Um, like free food is really like what shapes like our families. And it's really just like really important. I really don't even know how to explain it. Um, but when I eat the food, like I feel like a little closer to home funny. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, and, and that's a, that's a good feeling. And, um, my daughter being, you know, she, me being half white and my fiance being white, she's basically like 75% white. Um, so as she gets older, I'm still trying to think about ways I can really like introduce her to that side of her culture. Right. Um, but there'll be, there'll be another conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you can take her and y'all can go soon. Cause that, yeah. that just seems like that would be such an amazing, amazing experience. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so where can everybody find you, your website, social media, so they can connect with you more. Yeah. So my Instagram is heyshamira.co. Um, so it's H-E-Y. Shamira is like Shakira, but with an M. Um, dot co. And then I, right now, I'm I'm on Clubhouse, I feel like a lot. So if follow me and I'll probably be doing some event randomly about some random topic or about funnels. <laughs> so Yay! Yeah. Awesome. I'm heysham, H-E-Y-S-H-A-M. Um, and my website is shamiraazlan.com, which is Shakira with an M. And then Aslan is spelt like A-Z-L-A-N.com. Awesome. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I'm going to go follow you on Clubhouse so we can hey. talk. Uh, or at least I'll, I'll, if I hang up on you or if I leave the room or whatever the hell it's supposed to be called, don't, like that's just because I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been seriously such a fun conversation. Um, Thank you for having me. This is like, I think all podcasts should be done with a bottle of champagne. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's been really um, fun. Just, I I like gifting people things and I guess, you know, just love champagne. So um, yeah, it's been really fun. So yeah, thank you for joining me and taking the time. I know you're super busy. Um, And thank you for sharing all of your awesome tips and explaining a little bit about more funnels. Um, So hopefully people aren't aren't as scared and can maybe start to like dabble in that without feeling like overwhelmed. So thank you for all of that. Thanks so much, Nicole. Thanks. Have a great weekend. And thanks for listening, everyone.